The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit NerdistSchool.com. Hey, I'm Chris. And I'm Cameron. And we love Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and all the DC comic characters. And we think you might too. Or at least just Batman. <laughs> and like us, maybe you also yearn for a time when Superman wasn't so broody and Batman wasn't a mass murderer. So join us as we revisit Bruce Timm's classic DC animated universe that started up with Batman the Animated Series and runs through Superman, Justice League, and so much more. We talk about comic origins, inspirations of the films, character psychology, and why this is the definitive DC Comics adaptation. So check out Tim Talk on the Nerdist School Network, subscribe on iTunes, and listen to our latest episode every Tuesday. The Novice and Frank present a comic book podcast. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey. It's another Because You Demanded It episode uh-huh. of The Novice and Frank. That's right. We only do these when people ask. Uh, we don't. If you don't ask, we don't do them. So thank you, everybody who wrote in postcards uh, demanding that we make more of these. Yeah, I was just at a local Trader Joe's and I was just buying some, you know, like a little salad with some chicken on it and mm-hmm. somebody said, hey, 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 when's the next episode of Novice Frank coming out? Which is so funny that they recognized your face yep. from this voice-only podcast. That's true. Uh, it's also probably because I was wearing my Novice and Frank t-shirt with a giant arrow from Frank pointing up to my face. Yeah, it's it's it was a t-shirt made for a party of one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's it's doing well. So we are back. We're going to be talking uh, Kingsman today, Kingsman Secret Service, both the comic books and the film. Maybe films. Maybe we'll touch on the first one too. I have a feeling we will. I have a feeling that we will. Um, but before we do, we have to do what we always do, which of course yeah. is our super secret theme song. Theme song. Not James Bond. Both films. It's not James Bond, but it wants to be. It's like James Bond, but they're cooler and hipper and with more pop culture. They do creepy things in the second film that'll drive you a little wild. Frank's blowing his load in the song. You're gonna know what he's gonna say about the film just from this little teaser song. I'm laying into it with a lot of love. It's a compliment, but it's really not. I got a lot of things to say about this film. Tonight on the Novice and Frank. I think we're just going to get to where we just sing. the. It's like the entirely improvised musical podcast yep. where it's going to be really a niche because we're just going to sing our reviews of comic books <laughs> and comic related media uh, yes. um, slightly off key for an hour. Well, you sounded like an angel. Um, I sounded like a garbage pail. Nope. Yep. You garbage pail kid? Oh, that's right. Yep. Uh, you know, like uh, Flem, Flemmy. Ew. That was me. Yep. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> Collect my card, guys. It's great. Get it. Get You got to get uh, that one for one t-shirt and mm. Frank's collectible card. That's true. We should make cards. Oh, that's... <laughs> collectible cards, but it's just the two of us. Yeah. So collect, collect the whole set. <laughs> how am I going to get the whole set? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Maybe first we should figure out how we get the subscribes up on this podcast before we start figuring out uh, cards and... I don't know. I mean, I feel like, you know, I think we really go all into the cards. Yeah. You know, you know, get second mortgages, third mortgages, leverage, whatever we have. Great. You're a property owner. I'm not. So first, first step, buy property. Second step, come out with cards. Third step, mortgage property. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I mean, let's go all in, and we have to we have to believe in believe in ourselves. We have to believe that if we make this much, we'll we will sell it. Oh, it says like at the secret. It's like manifesting your own destiny. Absolutely. It's like what every good Amway salesman does. Oh, all right. Well, then it's a plan. (laughs) That's right. All right. Bye, guys. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. Well, we're back recording, as always, Mm -hmm. in the spacious and absolutely delightful North Hollywood Palace of the novice herself, Amanda Barnes. Oh, thank you very much. It's actually the Shokes. We're in the Sherman Oaks. Are we? Uh, oh, yeah, right. we're, in, we're in the Shokes. We're pretty far out there. What, where? Where is the uh, dividing line between North Hollywood and the Oaks? Oh, I always think of the dividing line because Studio City runs just, I want to say like, I think like Studio City, the, the dividing line is, um, is Ventura Boulevard. Right? So that over there is Studio City yeah. that's like slightly north. And then I feel like North Hollywood is kind of like, I mean, like downtown strip of North Hollywood is Lancashire. Okay, so if you keep going west of that, you are if you getting go into west the Oaks? of North Hollywood, then you're in Sherman Oaks. It's so like west of Mag, what west of like Lancashire and Magnolia? Yeah. You're hidden, or no, it's still a bit a little further than that. I would say, yeah, because Val, because now there's like Valley Village. Okay, so, yeah. so Valley Village, I think, is like around like Coldwater. Or so I'd say like cold water to Lancashire is Valley yeah. Village and then that yeah. Great. Ooh. For all of you for all of you that are listening abroad, thank you. That's uh, right. You I can know skip you're right over this part. It's fine. Pulling it's up very, your Google Maps. Very specific uh, geography mm. of not just the states, but a teeny tiny little area. Yep. Um so thanks for that. And all my stalkers, holla. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and now you know. Now you know That's where the right. magic is made. But yeah. We you and I were able, you were kind enough to invite me to go with you to see a an early screening of the Kingsman um, Red Circle. That's uh, Golden Circle. Golden Circle. Always confused now I, with and, our... And now, now that I've read the comic books, I'm confused. That's right. Um, yeah, I've got my connections, guys. I don't want to brag or anything, but I, I got some connections still. Kind of a big deal. Thank yeah. you, E. There you go. Yeah. So uh, we, we were able to go and see that, that, that delightful screening last week. Mm-hmm. There was an, uh, an embargo, so we really couldn't share our thoughts publicly. That's true. Until this past Monday when they lifted it up. So now we're a couple of days past it. You know, we can just you know fire say this film. Say everything we want to say. With both barrels. That's exactly right. <laughs> Firing both shots. And hopefully this one will actually come out in a timely manner. So... Um, we will, this will hopefully be topical when it comes out, but no, hopefully. I, <laughs> even, even before the films come out, it's already, it's already passed. It's already this, passed. When today. does the film come out? This Friday. Oh, fuck. I uh, September just, I guess 20, I should wait on releasing September this. September 22nd. Oh. There you go. All right. Maybe I'll wait. Oh, no, that's, no, don't wait. We want to be ahead of the curve. Do we? Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, before we talk about that film, mm-hmm. I guess we should do a little chronologically. Yes. Because we've both seen the film. Uh-huh. We've both seen Kingsman independently. Yes. But then I said, you know, if we're talking about this, why don't we read the series? Because neither of us had read, had read either the original miniseries that the first film was based off of, or they're starting a second miniseries right now that's not really related to the first film, mm-hmm. but it's just another adventure of the Kingsman. Which is... Very interesting to me that neither of us had read. I thought for sure you'd read these, and I actually, when I saw the first film, I didn't know that it was based on a on a comic book uh, series at all. So it was like a fun surprise. And then, yeah, we decided after we saw this one. You know, I left with a lot of questions after the second one, and I thought, you know, if we go back and read the comic book series, it might explain some of the choices that were made. It, well, I felt like having only seen the movie too, and knowing mm-hmm. that it, you know. Uh, 
Mark Millar had had, uh, had done this miniseries, and I knew mm-hmm. it was based off of that. I just never got around to get a chance to read it. Mm-hmm. One of those things where you just have too many things to consume. Yes. Just not enough time. But it was interesting now, after the fact, of seeing that the first Kingsman film many times, mm-hmm. and now going to read this miniseries, really interesting. I, I will say, just before we get really into the nitty-gritty of this, the movie takes everything... Make is a much better experience than the book was. The fir- the first film. Yes, the yeah. Kingsman. Yeah, yeah. for so sure. Before, yeah. Okay, I'm trying to think like the best way to organize this because the way we did everything. So both of us saw the first film um, years ago. I adore the first film. The first film has, of course, the the action sequence. You know, in the church. Um, is one of my top, probably one of my like top five favorite action sequences of all time in any film. I love the movie. I think it's funny and creative, and I think the choreography is amazing. Well, and I think, you like the first film too, right? Yeah, and I think a lot of it is just because Colin Firth. Oh, like, gosh. There are actors that I, I always get excited, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but mm-hmm. when you see an actor that is uh, playing in a genre they're not typically associated with. Yes, so with Colin Firth, you think dramas, you think romantic comedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't really like, think like a very, really super crazy action star. Yeah, and very much like, um, and very, very, very British. Like very, um, I know it sounds so stupid, but I think, you know, you've got like that, the the kind of buttoned up, reserved. Um, I When I think maybe like a little Colin Firth rampage, because after we saw that, I immediately watched like Bridget Jones' Diary again. Yeah. And I was like, sure, why not Bridget Jones' Baby? And I watched it and I was like, why am I doing this to myself? Um, but uh, yeah, he's just very, you don't really think of him as being, I don't ever think of him as being suave. I just think of him as being like kind of buttoned up and very and very dry and very serious and he's kind of got that understated attractive quality so you're right so it was really super fun to see him in that first film and see him just go fucking crazy his yes. stunts are awesome and he lost a lot of weight i think just training for the film he like trimmed up so much because it was so hard yeah i mean that i mean i guess you know that's gonna be awesome just from that first after he meets eggsy and they're mm-hmm. at that pub yeah and he lays an ass whipping into the guys at the pub. It's so cool. That moment, I just remember watching it, and I feel like I just kept leaning forward in my seat during that scene to be like, this is awesome. I was yeah. really excited about it. I love a good stunt. And Eggsy was a fine character. I mean, you kind of just seen like somebody kind of being, you want that point of view character, somebody that's uh-huh. kind of being ushered into this new world, and you kind of follow the experience through their eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, my heart was with Colin Firth's character, mm-hmm. and so when he gets killed, Boy, it's spoilers. Uh, yeah, spoilers, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, speaking of spoilers, we should just say straight up that if you, we're, there's going to be a lot of spoilers about this, the Kingsman, the Golden Circle as well, too. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the Kingsman, Golden Circle, and you don't, and you want to see it and you don't want spoilers, then maybe just, wait on this one. Yeah. Maybe wait on this one. Absolutely. Because yeah. we're not holding back. Normally, I feel like we release these late enough that we don't need to do a huge spoiler alert because by that point, most people have seen it. Uh, if I'm on my shit, then maybe this one will come out yeah. on time. So, uh, so yeah. But spoilers, folks. Spoilers. We're not holding back. No, no holding back. That's right. Thank you. Please resume. Yes. Um. So when he dies, it's, boy, it's just, it was, I, I was really bummed because I was really, he was the character I was most attached to in the yeah. film. Yeah. And it was just, it was, you know, Eggsy was fine and seeing the ending, but it just, you're just like, no, oh, okay. I wish it was, I wish Colin Firth was still here. Yeah. And I, and I dug Eggsy too. Like, I think that, um, you know, I, there was a lot about the movie that I thought was really cool. I thought that, I thought Eggsy did, the, the guy that played Eggsy did a great job. You know, I was rooting for him. I did understand, like, I think they showed enough of him 
being this like hood guy, but being athletic enough that I was like, all right, I could see how those skills would translate. Um, loved Colin Firth. I love, I really liked Samuel L. Jackson as this like ridiculous supervillain. It's yeah. so weird and, but really played into that. And I loved, um, oh, what was her name with the uh, gazelle? Yes. Yes. Very cool. Just that very, very cool. Yeah. So there was so much for me to like. And, and I love the, um, the other spies and the, the like head, um, what's her name? Lancelot. Oh, the other, the other uh, girl. Yes, the yes. female spy at the yep. uh, was so awesome too. And, and Mark Berlin. Strong was great yeah, as well. Wonderful. So a lot of great things to talk about that movie. If you haven't seen it, for the love of God, go see it. It's so good. So now that we've read, uh, so we read the Secret Service, and which was has been renamed, relabeled Kingsman. Yes. When the film came out, so when I got online to purchase this, I was actually a little confused because they've got different covers. And one just says the Secret Service, and one says the Secret Service Kingsman. And so, you're like, do I have to buy two of them now? What's yeah, and on? there were different prices, so I had to go through yes. and kind of, you know, figure out. Like, I had to read them pretty carefully and figure out exactly what I was buying. So, just a heads up to anybody that might be a little newer, like me. That's a, a thing that I that I find that happens that for me is very frustrating. I wish they would just have a note or something to help you out. Like, you know what I mean? In, I wish they would mention that, you know what I mean? Like a first release or re-release originally titled this or whatever. Cause I think that if you're not used to that, it's, it's tricky and you worry that you're buying the right thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the reason they came out with that one. that was so, that had the actual film characters on the cover. Yeah. Just to let you know, like, yep, this is what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. That this, the film you liked in the theaters. So you want to read this book. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that made it help. Cause certainly looking at like, just the cover for the trade paperback that I'm holding right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you wouldn't look at this and just, I mean, if you maybe, but yeah, not necessarily. There's like enough. Yeah. That's different. And if it just said the secret service on it, then you wouldn't necessarily know that was it. So, um, so now that we've both read that it collects issues one through six Yes, and a couple of really big notable differences between the, the book and the film. Um, the first glaring, well, the, <laughs> uh, my friend, Mark Hamill, my yes. best friend, my yes. best buddy, Mark Hamill, makes an appearance right off the top, which they, I thought was amazing. Yep. Um, and I would love to hear him talk about because, like, I I just wonder what it's like to be like, oh yeah, I was, you know, like he opens up the comic book, which is funny. Yes. Um, not but, a great likeness though of Mark Hamill. Yeah, I was a little surprised. I mean, because this isn't like an old book. No. At this point, it was just like, ugh. You know, I, I, and of course, drawn by Dave Gibbons, yeah. who's a great, I mean, the original, the, the artist on Watchmen, mm. uh, a, a book that you still, Amanda, has not yet read. I haven't, because and nobody will read it and talk no, about I it keep, with me. I keep pushing it off. Nobody <laughs> will do it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I felt like that was one, but also a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and then the but, other one that stood out to me was like Gazelle. Yes. Uh, a lot of things were, fly. I just think every change they made in terms of characters and mm-hmm. motivations. And the actual thrust of the story mm-hmm. were, were were just improved from the original graphic novel. I agree. I agree. But I think the original graphic novel had a good, a really nice structure to follow. I think that like the bones were there. And that is that you've got this, um, this you know, the story, which is this kid who lives in a shit area. Even like his way of speaking, his dialogue, I thought it was really nice, you know, in this. And uh, he has, one of the big differences is, is that the, the archetype that, Colin Firth ends up being cast in in the film in the book is actually his uncle mm-hmm. so he's his blood uncle he's related already um but he's got kind of some, some similarities he's got you know a little brother and a mom who is in an abusive relationship and falls for these abusive guys um he gets 
pulled into this world of the Kingsmen by a what ends up being kind of a father figure who then and he trains he goes through hard training and then his father figure in you know the book his uncle in the film Colin Firth ends up being killed and kind of propels his career forward that way yeah. you know so it's like the s- structure loosely is there very and true even like the super villain stuff is similar yeah certainly the the kind of plot of the world's getting overcrowded mm-hmm. we need to do something to kind of stop that because the world is kind of fighting back against us yes and so this character decides like you know i'm gonna use my the the resources that i have from com- technology cre- yes. and mm-hmm. creating this multi-billion dollar cellular empire mm-hmm. and broadcast these frequencies that scramble people's brains and click the violent side up yes and 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 lower their inhibitions to pretty much non-existent yes and so they just start killing each other and like that's a great way we're gonna weed out you know a billion people mm-hmm. yeah they're yeah they're gonna bring it back to the two a billion people that the whole world's population will be a billion um so i think as far as a roadmap goes you could do worse you know, True. for a feature film like there, these six issues, I think, are, are a decent roadmap. I 100 percent agree with you that the changes that were made for the film were good changes. I love that he doesn't know Colin Firth before, you know. Yeah, Um. I think that was good. I it let this one reading it this way. And I know sometimes I feel like, OK, you're biased because I've heard that whatever medium you take in first is the one you're attached to. Meaning if you see the Charlotte's Web film as a kid before you read the book, you're always going to love the film more, you know, but fighting that bias, I feel like pretty objectively the the changes that were made for the films were really cool. The gazelle character, way cooler in the film. Yes, absolutely. Way cooler. Um, design, you know, is amazing. I like that in, in the book, it was frustrating to me that the uncle character who's in the Secret Service doesn't take it doesn't step up to take care of his sister and and it's clear like he's like the last time the last time but it's like if he can afford all these things why wouldn't he have just if he left her all this money in his will why wouldn't he have just paid to put her in a nicer place earlier do you know what i mean some of these kind of these weird choices for me it's i don't know if he it's one of those things where you get so consumed about what you think is the right thing like helping the world to make Mm -hmm. it to be a better place that you forget the thing that's closest to you that is probably something that could use the most help. Yeah. Maybe yeah, that's maybe the case. So. But I feel like that's making a, a big assumption because even if he, as he explains it to Eggsy and you're like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. kind of weird. And I didn't see, um, one thing that I thought they did a good job of in the film was showing Eggsy, like I mentioned earlier, with the potential to be successful in this field. I don't really, I didn't see that in the comic book. He seemed just yeah. kind of like a punk kid. He didn't seem particularly savvy or fast or like really street smart or any of those athletic, any of those things. So why would his uncle be like, you know what you'd be great at? Yes. You know what I mean? Well, because it was also weird too, like the training that he goes through once he gets accepted into the Kingsman mm-hmm. is really kind of like, I feel like it's like, want to like, learn how to have sex with chicks? Like, yeah, kind of weird. Oh, like, you know, as he's described that to make sure you make a woman orgasm every time you have sex. Yeah, like we'll teach you about the second G spot. I'm like, oh boy, okay. <laughs> Some of it was just like, well, we all know that the female orgasm is a myth, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but I just felt like it, there were moments like that that there was there was just no like grounded 
deepness in these yeah. th- these scenes. It was just like we're just going to be over the top and outrageous yeah. about this, and like yeah, we're gonna, as the British would say, take the piss out of this concept of the, <laughs> the of, of the James Bond esque character. Yes. And so yeah, what if they? What if James Bond like they actually really were, did teach you about how to be awesome in bed with the ladies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I understand why. I just i I think that even that like I think you're gonna be great, and then like, well, we're gonna leave you. In where did they strand him? They stranded him in like, oh, yeah, so like was it part Columbia? of his training. Yeah, they dropped yeah. him in Colombia, like robbed him blind, dropped him in Colombia, and then we're like, give twenty four hours, get back to Britain. And while I like that idea, they're like, we're fast tracking you through six months of your training, and we're winding up here. And it's like, it's kind of my same thing. It's like, how do I suspend my disbelief and think that for one second he would actually be able to do that? He'd actually be able to get back, much less come back like with a hostage. Like what? He hasn't learned any of these skills yet, so. Yeah. I think I feel like in the film, I, I see a be- a much nicer, stronger uh, character progression. And obviously, I mean, the fight sequences in the film are so good and so um, drawn out and lovely. And the pacing is so nice that it's just hard to get that from, from... I say it's hard to get that from a comic book, but I feel like I get that from like Lazarus. I get yeah. the, you know what I mean, the pacing of a fight sequence from, from some books. I didn't necessarily get it from this one. It's uh, like when they do the scene where uh, Jack London mm-hmm. decides their version of the pub scene. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, boy, it just it doesn't come off as nearly as good as it does with Colin Firth, where he kind of like he's going to leave, but he's really just going to lock the door. Yeah. And talk about manners, make it the man and mm-hmm. then just lays into him. Yeah. Uh, the way that that just kind of set up and mm-hmm. laid out and it just slow played mm-hmm. makes for a really good scene. Yeah. And like this, you're just like. Yeah, because Matthew Vaughn, who was the director and writer, co-writer for both The Kingsman and The Kingsman and The Golden Circle, mm-hmm. worked with Mark Miller on this as okay. well. And I would be just, I would love to talk to him and just say, how much of this were you just kind of just like kind of like giving advice to mm-hmm. Mark Miller, but then also realizing as he's putting together the script, like this, this thing is like, boy, if this guy actually sold, I would want to do this, this, and this, and this. Yeah. Because it'll translate so much better on the big screen. Yeah, which maybe yeah, I would I would love I would love to know that. You know, I think I think it's very um, it's still very fresh and relevant. Like the all of the it it feels very pop culture reading these. Well, yeah, especially like, like his plan because he wants to this one as opposed to like uh, uh, many of the world's elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, this he's just focusing on his. He's much more, very much more of a nerdy type of yes, villain. Yes, very specifically. And it is like, you know, Star Wars actors, you know, uh-huh. Lord of the Rings actors, things Star like that. Star Trek. Yep. They have like a whole little aside that's like, oh, of course the old one. But did you see the new one? I was actually very impressed. Like they make a point of, you know, of, of doing that. And so, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't dislike the book. I think that um, I kind of feel as though, and we'll, we'll get more around to this later because I think that, you know, we'll, we'll discuss the second film. Um, but... Uh, I think that the 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 series was a nice skeleton for the film. I thought these guys did a nice job of coming up with like a nice succinct idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of, and and kind of these characters, you sort of know who they are. And for it for it all happening in six issues, yeah, there's stuff I would change. But I think that in general, it I, I understand why somebody would pick it up and be like, oh man, this is gold. Like let's make this into a film. And be patient and have these cool moments with it. Yeah. It's, uh, but even like, because 
you're waiting in the film when you watch it for when Eggsy is going to go back to the people that have been treating him and his mother like crap. Mm-hmm. And you want to see him like finally lay into them, give him like they come up and so they so de- mm-hmm. so deserve. And like with the way it's structured out here in, in the book, it's, I don't know, it's just, a, it's not as exciting. Yeah. Because you also felt like he, he's cheating. He's using a device that kind of immobilizes him for three mm-hmm. minutes so he can just like beat the snot out of him. So it's like he hasn't become a better fighter. He hasn't he become just more has savvy. toys. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. I mean, I guess, you know, if I had better things too, it's like going into a room and you're the only one with a gun. Well, yeah. that's great. I can, I, I can do anything I want with you guys because, you know, you can't stop me. I got a gun on you. All right. But now he's just doing this. I'm like, yeah. I, ugh, there was just, I mean, yeah, you're right. It, you, I, I, I completely agree. It's a great skeleton for this, but it's just like, it was also just frustrating to, it's like, it was interesting, like reading something you're like, that's wrong. That's just, no, why are you making this choice? This is yeah. just so weird. Yeah. And even the way that uh, Jack gets taken out, mm-hmm. I mean, it's very much similar to Colin Firth in the first one, but it's a headshot. So you yes. see that they take that part out of it. Yes. But, uh, and yeah. And Eggsy sees it. Yes. All. Um, which I think is such an interesting idea and a great device. And I think that's like what I mean. It's That's a cool choice, right? To be like, he can see everything that's happening that was then carried through the film, which gave us this amazing point of view yeah. for those fight sequences. But uh, but yeah, I agree. It's it just so, it just felt um, so unearned to me. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It just felt like he was just taken out. Just kind of, I don't know, it felt kind of random. Well, and, but, they, and they, like, they jump over the pacing on some of this. Like when he goes back to... Uh, after he finds out Jack's killed and he goes back and he kind of talks to, which in the film, the Michael Caine character, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of figuring out what the next step is. And it's already been kind of set up throughout the film where it's like, Hey, I wanted the, you know, the art of, you know, the sleight of hand mm-hmm. where you got to be able to kind of swap. Yes. We've seen it several times. Yes. Whereas here it kind of felt a little out of no, it felt forced. And it just, like, there's no, you, you, cause you never see Eggsy actually move it in any of the panels. He doesn't see, you don't see him switch the glasses. I'm glad you say that. Cause I wondered on, I honestly wondered if I'd missed it. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, this is second nature to me. It's like, but why? That's not something we've covered. That's something we covered and we never see you actually switch it. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do we even know that you knew this? And so I feel like right. that scene was just poorly, poorly paced out. Yes. And I thought you're, you're, you're missing a key detail, that information. So I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. It felt rushed to me. I don't know. It Kind of the whole thing. Because even in spite of it being six issues, I, I felt like it was just all really crammed together. You know, and I wonder if they'd been, if they'd given more time, if they'd been able to kind of, you know, stay in those moments a little bit more. Yeah, and I feel like you see at the end that Eggsy, unlike the film, when he goes to take on Gazelle at the end, mm-hmm. you feel like he's learned a lot. He's a, a much more physical threat than he was before mm-hmm. after going through all this training. So the fight seems you know much more evenly matched between him and Gazelle. But like this, like he just gets his butt handed to him by Gazelle, and it's only because he has a gadget, again a gadget, mm-hmm. to be able to kind of save the day and kind of slice off using a laser to slice off all you know his arms and his you know his little yeah. His little stumps on his legs. Yeah. I'm like, nah, all right. Yeah. So. And then the ending. I'm sorry. <laughs> the ending too, because it's, it, you see where they kind of get the bases where the one person's flying up in the hot air balloon mm-hmm. to go and detonate the, the satellite in orbit. It could, I feel like this, this payoff in the book is such a dud. Yeah. It is. I'm just like, really? Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, where uh, the way they do it is they just have a couple like the, the, the set, the hot air balloon is for naught. It doesn't do anything. Goes nowhere, and then it ends up being some of the other guys get in there and they hack it and they change it from hate frequencies to love frequencies. Yeah, and people are just boning yep, for a while, all over the place. Ugh. I did, however, I like the uh, the group wedding scene. 
in this one. Oh, I thought that was yeah. tragic and very hilarious as well. Because I love <laughs> they're just like shitting like, what is it with group weddings? Like, oh, I think it's so weird. And then it just comes so out of nowhere. And she, the last panel is like a bride that's like, what have we done? And she clearly stabs somebody with her cake cutter. Yeah. Which I think is just very funny. Oh, you know, Maybe it's because I'm planning a wedding right now. That might be why that... <laughs> Why that made me laugh, but uh, but yeah, I think like what a great place, what a great choice to have that happen, and we didn't see that specific scene in the um, in the film. Yeah, and I also felt like this version of the uh, of the bad guy. What I liked about in the film is that uh, Samuel Jackson, Colin Firth, they meet early on, and they kind of they size up each other right away, and they know like, all right, yeah, this guy's definitely a spy. Uh-huh. I know he knows who I am, and you just see like that kind of like cat and mouse between the two uh-huh. of them as they're trying to get the one up on each other this even at the very end the guy doesn't even realize like what's the big deal it's like who's this guy what right it's like, it's like, like of no consequence yeah yeah it's just uh so that was uh that was kingsman that was kingsman that was the first six issues and they took a time out and uh these and it's not the same people that did so we've got a run going right now that's the Red Diamond, and it is also going to be a six-issue series. Yes. Um, it's spendy. It's four bucks an issue. Oof, um, I know. And uh, it's an image book, uh, which is interesting because aren't most image comics cheap for the first one? I that guess because be... it's only a six-issue run. That's why. It could, be an, it could be an oversized issue. I did not look at the page count for this. Um, no, it's, I mean, it, it's... Uh... It's got a sneak preview for Maestros in the back. Hmm, I didn't have such a thing. Um, this doesn't have a page. They don't have page numbers, which drives me crazy. But it doesn't feel oversized. It feels pretty standard. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, so Kingsman the Red Diamond. This one is by Rob Williams and Simon Fraser. Yes. So different writer, different artist. artist. Yep. Yes. Um, now, before we... Okay, I guess since this one is shorter, and I feel like we're going to have more to say about the film. Yes. So we want to do a quick summary of what this first issue is about. Where We, we do have Eggsy. He's yeah. here. Which I will show you, of course, the covers are different. So. Oh, I like I like your cover better. Mine is drawn by Frank Quietly, and very much it looks like uh, Eggsy from the film. Very, yes. So I think it's like, wow, oh, all right, maybe awesome. That's why I like it, but I, I yeah. like, the, I like the, the POV of it. And it's I think like yours is Dave stand. Gibbons. This one looks very much to me like a James Bond throw up. Yeah, I believe that's um, Dave Gibbons, the original uh, uh, artist. Cover Frank Quite Quite Quitely. Frank yes. Quitely. Uh, but I think Dave Gibbons did one of the variant covers, which I believe you're holding right there in your hand. Uh, main cover and black and white variant cover, and then Dave Gibbons, Gibbons, Rob Doyle, and Simon Fraser did variant covers. So yes, this might be. Uh, yeah, it's got a little G down there. Oh, there so you go. Tim Gibbons. Okay. Yep. Well called. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay, so just looking at the art, you know, because certainly Dave Gibbons, uh, world class artist. Yes. What did you think about the artistic difference between these two series? I mean, I, I think I preferred the first. Actually, I think I preferred the art. Let me look again. Yeah, I mean, the colors are very much. They're kind of nudes in both, not nudes, but like neutrals. I think I prefer the art in the first series to the second. Hmm, okay. Um, but you made a hmm sound, which makes me feel like maybe you preferred the second to the first. No, I mean, I always enjoy Dave Gibbons for sure. Um, th- this one is kind of interesting. There's like, there's, I feel like there's a lot of different influences going on here, whether it be like Alan Davis, Brian Hitch, mm-hmm. uh, Frank Quietly, some, uh, some, uh, Frazier Irving. So various different kind of influences that I see in this artist's work. In the, uh, in the Red Diamond. The Red Diamond, okay. yeah. I thought that there were, it was just, um, they felt very flat to me. 
Oh, the art? Yes. Okay. They felt a m- more flat to me, and um, I felt like some of the... Some of the uh, such a strange thing to say. Some of the angles made the proportions seem off to me. So you've got, you know, a panel like the, the Eggsy goes back and he sees that his his mother and brother have moved back into or she's they're, they're moving back into like their shit area of town because yeah. she doesn't feel comfortable being in the wealthy part of town, which I think is very interesting. But I think that like the way they show her like from kind of this weird undercut, like look how strange her hand is. <laughs> in there and her eyes look very like wide open and wide lid and then wide lidded and then they cut to the next panel and it's just like her proportions seem super off her face doesn't even look similar you know yeah because it is interesting would you is that an expression that a gesture you would make for if you were saying uh because of somebody how somebody looked at you would you because usually all if of them she looks like she's making a two like a like the american if we held up two fingers almost yeah. like a peace sign and kind of angled it at herself. It's a very unusual. It felt like an unnatural gesture. And then the panel right below that, um, so if you guys are, you know, reading along, it's this panel. He's having a discussion. His mom's in an, in an orange top. And the panel at the bottom of the frame. Look at the brother. He looks so. His it's head. almost like there's no. His head is giant. Yes. And it's almost like there. And I know he's grabbing his stomach, but there's. It looks as though there's no bones in his arm. <laughs> in the arm that's closest to the to the viewer yeah and a lot of times this is stuff that i don't necessarily notice but in this particular one it, it the they felt very strange to me if you flip the page um the next page you've got the the his like high school crush working at the bar yeah look at that middle panel what's happening with her face and she's giving like a fonzie thumbs up it looks like she just sucked on a sour lime yeah. <laughs> and you know i just i don't um i don't love I don't love the art in this, uh, in the Red Diamond. It just the proportions feel very weird to me, and not in a. Who's the artist that um, that did the? Uh, we talked about a Bane cover where Bane is just like oh, oh and Kelly he's got Jones. Batman, and yep. it, they've all got like nine thousand muscles, yep. and it's so weird. Mm. But that feels intentional to me. That feels like he knows the anatomy, and he's intentionally breaking the rules. This one just feels strange. Like and, yeah. and lazy, and I, I feel like I'm being really harsh on this artist, and I feel bad, but he's probably not listening. So, no, he's um, listening. So I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just a big fan of ours. Uh, it's just not my cup of tea. I well, apologize. Like, even looking at like the the four panel, like you just mentioned, like the the bartender that he's he's known since school, you know, like uh-huh. high school or grade school, like just anytime her face is like looking away, we're kind of seeing it from like a, a backwards three quarters view. Mm-hmm. Like, like the third panel down, just like, ooh. Yeah, what I don't. Is that? I don't understand, and and the mo the the movement that's making her earrings swing. I don't understand what she's doing there. Yeah. You know, so that kind of stuff. Uh, I guess I've got more of a discerning eye than I used to, Frank. I'm coming a long way. Yeah, it's. Yeah, uh, don't love the art in this one. I mean, and I still don't know quite exactly what the what the plan is for all these guys. I mean, I know I know that they have some kind of thing that that. Some way to deal with people, but I don't know exactly what their big plan is. Yeah, I don't either. There's not the, this didn't make me want to go out, want to go like get the second issue. I don't really have a strong neither do I desire to do so. Now, okay, great. That wasn't just me. No, I feel if anything, I would wait until it all came out and then was on sale. Mm, yeah, I'll pick it up like uh, either Christmas or next spring break when Image does a big sale, mm-hmm. and then I bet like during the. Whenever this comes out on DVD or mm-hmm. Blu-ray, I bet there'll be like a big sale because I'm sure all the issues would be out by that point. Yeah, which is kind of a bummer because, you know, they knew that this would 
time out with the release of the new film. So it's it seems like they could have really seized an opportunity there. I will say one thing. I respect that they are not doing what I'm seeing a lot of, you know, Marvel and DC and essentially writing in tandem with the film, story yes. for story, frame for frame. I I respect the hell out of the fact that they didn't do that here. It's something that's different, you know? Um it's just not it's still not what I want. No. But I which is unfortunate, but I I uh I'm like, come on guys, like don't I just saw this. I don't need to see it. I don't need to read it along with the, it makes me feel like when, when you ever, if you were like a kid and you see a movie and they have sometimes like a little, like a, like a little golden book or something that was yeah. essentially the exact same, but just written. Mm-hmm. It's just not what I, it's not what I want. If I'm buying the comic books, cause there's something about the story that I want more exploration, you know? And I, I feel like I'm seeing that a lot in the, in the superhero realm right now. No, that's very true. I, I'm kind of bummed because I feel like this way, like I much felt like about the original miniseries as a whole. It's mm-hmm. just like not that interesting of a story to me. Yeah, kind so, of missed opportunity. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed. Like this is this is what they decided to tell with this. Yeah, I mean, and maybe it picks up, but it's like already this has kind of lost me. And yeah. I feel like I'll just wait until it comes on sale later, and I'll pick it up then. Yeah, or maybe I won't if I keep reading it up on reviews and people say like, Ugh. yeah, maybe I'll take a pass. Yeah. Well, yes. Now, <laughs> using that to jump right into uh, we're super enthusiastic, super enthusiastic about this, about this one. Um, so, as we've already established, we're both big fans of the of the first film. Yes. Um, and we went and saw, and I was tempted to not discuss this with you, but I think we both had a lot of feelings after this film, yes. after the Kingsman Secret, uh, Kingsman Gold Circle, right? Is, is that the Golden Circle? Gold, golden, golden Circle. Circle. Yes. Yes. So, as a quick summary. Basically, um, we pick back up uh, to our knowledge. You know, what would from from the previews? What have we seen? The trailers we saw. Um, there's Statesman, which yes. is the American version of the Kingsman, which I thought was very cool. Yes. You know, um, we saw Channing Tatum advertised. We saw in the posters Colin Firth back in the posters, so it's yep. like he's going to be brought back somehow, which is very exciting. Um, so I went in pretty jazzed to see this because there was a lot of really cool ideas in in the trailer and the, um, yeah the trailers cut really well where it cuts mm-hmm. like uh frank sinatra yeah yep yeah i, I thought it was great. very very cool um the general the, the way the, the film kicks off is um we are um eggsy has now got a serious girlfriend who is it took me a while to realize it's the princess that he rescues at the end of the first film Look at that man. Um, so, so it's because nice I feel like that's a nice twist on it because James Bond, how, I mean, until like the Daniel Craig version came along, mm-hmm. he would never, he would hook up with a woman at the end of the film and that'd be the last you'd ever see of her. Right. So that was a nice little twinge. Like, yo, you not only did hook up with her at the end of the first film, but now they're in a relationship. Yeah, yeah. They're in a relationship. Um, she knows what he does. She's cool with it, which, you know, which I liked. Um, and he's still a Kingsman. He's still doing it. Well, uh, and plus, like, why would you let a like Swedish royalty? Why would you let her go? Yeah, why would you? Especially when she gave you all that completely out of place and unnecessary nudity at the end of yeah. the first film. <laughs> Got to follow and that her, through. And her butt. And her, yeah, it was a weird shot. She gave up her butt. It was a, it was a really <laughs> weird shot. Uh, just I, I'm all for nudity. I'm all for it. I'm a fan. But I would still. It was such a strange. It was weird. It was such a weird. Anyway, that somebody... was actually my biggest complaint about the first film is that the ending, I was like, really? This is, they're going to have this really weird porny thing, like this bizarre, I feel like in the theater, everybody was like, whoa, 
which is so funny because it wasn't even that bad, but it was so out of character for the rest of the movie. Because I have to admit, if somebody said like, all right, if you do this and save me, you can do me in the butt, I'd be like, we're good. You don't need to do that for no, me. No, not your for not your thing. Nah, I'm you don't good. love it. All right, I'm okay, good. cool. It's good right. to know. Yeah. All right. So anybody that ever needs Frank to rescue them, <laughs> offer him a pie. Offer uh, him pie instead. I've, yes. He Heck will yes. rescue you for pie. I will absolutely rescue you for pie. I can vouch for that. Yes. So um Your butt, probably not. <laughs> probably not your butt, but he will uh he, he loves pie and in a not such an American pie way, in the very yes. traditional way he likes pie. So very true. So yeah, so we pick back up with them, um, and uh, to our knowledge, Colin Firth is still dead, and I thought it was a solid place to start, and then it just kind of unraveled for me. Um, some really good things, some really great things in there. I'm just going to preface this by saying that my um, my critique of this film is generally not great. Yeah, and it's unfortunate to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I felt so the same excited. way too. Yeah, so excited. I mean, you can't help but get if you love the first film of yeah. any sort of see, kind of you know franchise, you're jazzed about when the next one comes out. You feel mm-hmm. like this this is only going to be what I saw the first time, yeah. but even better. Yeah, and I wouldn't even I didn't even need better. I just needed more of the same. Yeah, because I was so satisfied with the first one, and I I saw the trailer a couple of times. But to be honest with you, I didn't read anything about it. I didn't really know anything about the plot, and that was intentional. I didn't want to set myself up for disappointment because I know that it's hard to live up to what I considered to be a very very good film the first time around. That's a hard thing to live up to. Yeah. So I tried to kind of regulate my standards, and I found myself again being very frustrated with this one because if you guys have listened to us talk about films before there's almost nothing more frustrating to me than um potential for a really good movie and and have it get like close in some parts and then just like run out of gas and quit yeah you know um which i felt this did so basically um a couple things i mean the the big bad in this is uh played by um Julianne, uh, Julianne Moore. Moore. Yeah. And she is a drug lord and she lives out in the middle of uh, the uh, the tropics somewhere on this like abandoned island that, you know, that's not the, I thought the set decor was really cool. This is what I'll say. Set decoration, amazing. Set design, amazing. Um, costumes, wardrobe, amazing. Yes. I would cosplay as any of these characters, but to do so would frustrate me because I don't cosplay for things I'm not a fan of. <laughs> you know? Um I feel like I keep talking about it. What what did you think? Jump in. Well, I felt like this, like if you had to look at, I feel like the same way I feel about this is that I do about the the original miniseries mm-hmm. for Kingsman. I feel much the same way that this, that uh, with the Red Diamond and the Golden Circle film. Mm-hmm. That I feel like the film is not as good as the first film, but it is still better than the comic book adaptation that it's. Oh, I don't because I, I can't even say this is a comic book adaptation. But yeah, just I guess it's supposed to be kind of a companion piece. I guess so. I didn't really see many similarities between the um, between the Red Diamond book and no. the Gold Circle film. The only the only similarity is that you've got a guy named Eggsy who's a Kingsman. That's yeah. kind of sort of where it ends. I feel like. Which I mean, I guess if you're doing a film, I don't. I guess I probably don't want to see just another adaptation of that. Right. Because I feel definitely by this point it's. No longer the cart leading the horse, but also it's the the horse leading the, the the cart leading the cart leading the horse. It's the horse leading the cart. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm switching those up. But basically, because this this is coming out right now, so it was put into production way after the first the second film. Was yes, in being written right in pre production. So it's like you're just I don't know. You just you can't really 
emulate that for a film so I guess you're just going to do something else set in that universe yeah I guess so and it's still fine for me if it's set in that universe but it's good I'm fine with basically spinning out and doing something because I think that one thing that, that we both discussed that we were excited about and that you think they did a, a, a okay job with is kind of expanding on that world right yeah. I love the idea of well if they're a kingsman they're probably statesmen Yes. You know what I mean? I love that. I just, I feel like none of the characters in this film played anything to the height of their intelligence. No. Everything was harder than it needed to be. And I'm like, nobody was slick. Nobody was suave. Like, you're the fucking best of the best. Yeah. Do some awesome shit. Because I felt like, because I think with the Kingsman, it's supposed to be been around for, what, the late 1800s, I think, is since they've been around. So, Uh you know, 100 and almost 20 years or so, maybe 30 years. That the state that they that they and the statesmen, as they're somebody from that left from the Kingsman, came to the states uh-huh. to do their own thing. Within 130 years, that you've totally never forgotten. run into each other, <laughs> but you've also forgotten that they even exist. That they exist, yeah. That's not a long time. No, like 130 years. My my fiance's grandmother is 101. Like there, you know what I mean. Like it's just there's it's not that long in the history of the earth. Yeah. So, and especially yeah, if you're running a spy organization, you would want to know, know your resources. What that's, other resources do we have out in the world? That's right. And it's a shame because there were so many cameos in this film that were just put to such a waste. You and and a lot of things from the first film that I would have loved to see carried over that were already there. You know, like I said, her name was Lancelot, right? She was the, the yep. female spy. Gotten rid of pretty much immediately. You see her twice, and she's done. And it was enough to make me go, "What did she like?" Ask, ask to be written out of this series? Like, why would anybody do that? I, I doubt that. I don't know, but I can't imagine that's the case. And it was such a weird, she was such a cool character in the first one. Do you know what I mean? Like, did yeah. some cool shit. And frankly, in the very first film, she was the better spy. Yes. She was, if, if being tested was the more successful, over Eggsy was, was better at it. So um, she's been replaced, not replaced, but you've now got... Um, First of all, oh, I don't even know where to start. Channing Tatum, not really in this film, you guys. <laughs> no. That's... So, like, let's just say that right up front. I should have led everything with this. Channing Tatum is not in this film. Because that's what people care about. That's kind of like, you. I mean, you, you pick a guy who, as a statesman, he's the one you advertise in your commercials. And you, you know, I mean, what do I know about Channing Tatum? Like, he's, you know, he's, like, seems fun. But he can dance, so you're like, his fight sequences are probably going to be really cool because he's a good movement, he's a good actor, you yep. know, with his body. Like, use that. And instead, here's what here's what we get from Channing Tatum. A real slow monologue where he walks up with a gun and then a kind of longer monologue where he takes them inside. He has, like, one cool thing with the gun. Like, he flips the gun over, but he doesn't shoot it. He flips it no. over once, goes inside... And he does have that chewing tobacco. He has a chewing tobacco bit. That that is so powerful that it can seal a hole cut into a, a, a barrel of whiskey. Yes, which was the aim of it was remarkable yeah. and very strange. And he basically, there's a quick torture scene. Like he tortures him for a brief bit and then is like, ah, just kidding. And I'm sorry. And then he goes into like a, a, a like a sleep he goes he literally they literally put him to sleep in this well, film because the reason they do that is that julianne moore mm-hmm. plays this drug kingpin as Bander mentioned <clears throat> but she's in seclusion she's like yeah. one of the richest people in the world 
and nobody knows her name. That's why she's mad. That is yes. her driving force. Her the the big bad's driving force in this film is because she's producing, you know, eighty percent of the world's drugs. She's super super uh, wealthy, but she lives alone, and nobody knows who she is, and that drives her crazy. So the idea is that she wants she's spiking her own product. Mm-hmm. She's going to distribute it, get people taking it, and then poisoning themselves, and then basically holding these infected drug addicts up for ransom to mainly the states but i would imagine i feel like they didn't really take it worldwide which is such a weird thing because it is a worldwide organization but we didn't really see anybody other than people in the states suffering from this except for we saw a couple people in the uk that were exe's friends yep but i feel like they didn't really miss an opportunity to show that this was a worldwide situation especially because need i remind you it's the kingsman yes this this at one time, this story, if I'm not mistaken, was taking place in London, uh, Italy, Kentucky, uh, Costa Rica, or wherever she was, the 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 villain. Um, I feel like there's some. Um, like London, London, Italy. I mean, we get a Swe- Sweden. Um, New York, it is, yeah, New York. We, we get it a was. quick flash in New York and, and we get DC. It. Yeah, guys, all at once you're having these stories happening in six or seven different places. I was I was perfectly satisfied having everything take place in one or two places in the first film. There was so much skipping around, and it's it felt so frenetic to me. It felt like you didn't even get to finish a conversation in one place before you're like, meanwhile in the White House, you know, <laughs> it was just it was ridiculous and. So they take, yeah, so she, that's her, that's her master plan. And then she's going to distribute the anecdotes, like anecdotes, antidotes. Yeah, anecdotes. <laughs> she's going to deliver a, uh, <laughs> a cheerful anecdote uh, to everybody who, who pays up. Uh, no, she got the antidote stashed around the world, apparently. Various cities that with her little portable drones can uh-huh. get them taken to wherever they need to go yep. in a matter of minutes. That's right. So... So that's her her plan. Her plan is to, and so people start showing these these rashes across their faces very very quickly. And uh, so basically, uh, a few minutes in, Channing Tatum rash on his face. Oh, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna freeze him. They put him in a freezer for the entirety of the film, yeah. and then he, he comes back the last ten minutes of the film. Does he fight? Nah, no. nah. He wakes up. Halle Berry's present, and uh, he wakes up and. Then the last shot of the film is him now dressed more like in Kingsman attire with a bowler and a and a umbrella, walking in front of the Kingsman shop in London. Which has no impact because he's been in cold freeze for so long. You don't realize like this is a big turning point for this character. Is he skilled? We don't know. Does he have skills? We have no idea. We've never seen him fight. Well, I f- well we did see him fight a little bit because he gets the upper hand on Eggsy and Mark Strong's character. Okay, at the very beginning. Yeah, Yeah, but I'm just like... But you have, like, for him to be in the UK and working with the Kingsman now? Yeah. You're like... Where's that jump? I I don't care. I'm not invested in this character. I was more invested in that character from the trailer than I was from the film, which was a problem for me. But I also think it's weird, too, that, like, any organization, especially a spy organization, where it is critical that you be uh, at peak condition both mentally and physically as much as possible because uh-huh. you're going to be asked to do so many bizarre things in yeah. service of your country mm-hmm. that you are, you show that you, I mean, it's so easy to tell if you've been taking an illegal substance right. with these blue veins kind of right. flying over you that 
Like they just sound like, whoa, hold on, dude. Yeah, and it came out of nowhere. There was never like, oh, he'd be a great spy if he would just lay off the cocaine. There was nothing like that. No, there's nothing. He just shows up and they're like, oh, no. And they put him in a hyperbolic sleeping chamber. Yeah. So if you're going to see this, hoping you'll get a little bit of that Channing magic, you won't. You do get to see him dance briefly, like in boxers. But not even well. No, he's just goofing around. He's just like goofing around. It's not even good. I'm just, uh, that was, I was real disappointed in that. Um, But it just felt, I just, I'm very sorry to say I did not give a shit about any of the characters. I just didn't care. With the exception being Merlin. Yes. Who, I didn't, I did not care about any of the new characters. I will say that. Not a single one of them. Yet Halle Berry there. Didn't really know anything about that. Didn't know she was capable. She wasn't, you know what I mean? You've got this. Like she's playing this, like a she's Mer, she's the Merlin equivalent for the statesman. For the statesman, you know, um, didn't know anything about her. You know what? I, I really at all if she was capable, if she was good at what she did, um, other than she just was there with Merlin. Um, any of the new people? You had Jeff Bridges, who's talk amazing. About, let's talk about Jeff Bridges a for a wasted second. Wasted opportunity. He does so much busy work. With yeah. his hands, like smelling the various bottles Weird. of different alcohol. It was so bizarre. And, like, rubbing his lip, rubbing so, his like, lip, and yeah. yeah, it was like, what is what is this direction that you've been given? That like you have this secret that nobody knows that is like your hand smells <laughs> yes. and, amazing. Like what's happening here? And so they're given they're basically all their handles, while the the Kingsman kind of based it on like Arthurian titles from uh-huh. legend. They just do various types of alcohol. That's so tequila, tequila, whiskey, champagne. Yeah. <laughs> just which you know is fine it was just like i just i don't oh so frustrated there could have been so much more i just wanted to see this you know for me the there was something so lovely and so simple about the kingsmen about these these well-groomed gentlemen who are spies but who are like fast and sophisticated and and awesome and in, in like the most british way and i just wanted to see American Kingsman. That's all I wanted. I just wanted to see like cool cowboys. So you had um, God, what's the actor's name? Hector. Um, Pedro. Pedro. Pascal? Yes, he played. So he was in um, Game of Thrones. He was in Game of Thrones. More he importantly, was in the Great, Great Wall. The Great Wall. Yes, another um, film Amanda and I saw together. Yeah. Uh, well, you just should stop <laughs> seeing movies together because everything we see together is garbage. Um, but yeah, uh, and so he had some cool stunts in the film. He did some like whip work. But even at that. Came out of nowhere. Don't know this guy. Like, don't know anything about him. Yeah, you only find out, like, his motivations at, at the very end of the film. Yeah. And by then you're like, okay. Yeah, it's it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. I, I thought, like, in terms of, like, a plan mm-hmm. and the idea that Julian Moore, Julianne Moore's character is initiating, mm-hmm. a nice kind of out-of-the-box plan. You're going to get your own clients hooked on them and hold them for ransom. Right. So I was like, all right, that's a nice little fun spin. Yeah, I thought it was stuff. very super villain, like kind of pulp, kind of yeah. pulpy, kind of super, especially like that world that she created for herself. But again, I didn't know why. I wanted to know why she was so obsessed with this like 50s idealism. Yeah. Because if I, one line, one line would have taken care of all of that for me. And she didn't really, she didn't really give motivation as to like why everything looked like that. I love the aesthetic. I just wanted a reason. But you I ne- agree. Like, yeah, you never see her really drop her guard down at all, just become like a real kind of human being. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's so different from the Samuel L. Jackson character from the first film is that you 
You spent a lot of time with him. You got to know his deal. You may not have agreed with his point of view, but you could understand it. And there's even a part of you that could understand the mad logic that he had uh-huh. about that whole plan. This one, and even the fact that you had even like Colin Firth meeting him, and they're, they're, they're interacting with the Kingsman. Mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson's interacting with the Kingsman way before this. Julianne Moore's character is isolated until like the climax of the film yep. when they when Eggsy and, and uh, Colin Firth Keep forgetting his handle in the film. Uh, but Galahad. Galahad. Bam. Galahad one and Galahad two. Mm-hmm. But until they uh, go and storm her compound, mm-hmm. like she has no interaction with anything else. None. I and, feel like that was disappointing. Yeah, and you like we spend these time getting to know these henchmen of hers that like are immediately killed off. Yeah. It's like which was such a fun, weird, funny. Like I was like, okay, cool. We see him. We see the one. I thought the first guy that they killed was easy. That great because he was a henchman and he was disloyal. We don't, she's like, it doesn't matter what he did. I'm like, what it kind of does. I kind of want to know what it, I kind of want to know what it is. It made you like put him in a meat grinder. Well, I mean, she's just asserting her power over the new guy. It's like, Hey, my questions, uh, my orders are not to be questioned. Right. So go kill this guy. And he did. And I thought that was fine. I was like, all right, this is gross, but like, I'll take it. But I will see if you thought, thought thought about this because it really kind of bugged me. Is that, he, uh, this new henchman, kills the buddy that brought him in, just uh-huh. on the say-so of Julianne Moore's character. Uh-huh. She says that he does it. Uh, and so the giant meat grinder slash kind of almost like a wood chipper of mm-hmm. sorts, where you just, you take a body and you dump it in there. Yeah. And, like, he's pushing down in there, but he only gets, like, yeah, at least halfway through it. Like, maybe, like, you know, like, torso level. Yeah. And the legs are still sticking out right. of the meat grinder. And they... You know, Julian Moore makes a little burger out of it, makes him eat it, really kind of perverse. Yeah. But at the end, when we've got, and again, spoilers, everybody, you got Eggsy and, and Colin Firth's character fighting against uh, Agent Whiskey. Mm-hmm. And then they're fighting in that same kind of place uh, with the meat grinder in her compound. Like, he so easily goes through the meat grinder at the end. The whole thing? Yes. His whole entire body. Yeah. Like, what? It seemed like a struggle for this guy to get... One body, and he only got it like halfway through, and he stopped. Like, and they just like push him down, and he just was sucked right through there. I hadn't thought about that. It did bother me, however, that in all the little meaty bits, there were no clothing bits. Yeah, yeah. In the burger, you didn't have any like strips of blue fabric from his blue suit. It was just, it was just meat. Like, wouldn't you want him to like take the the first henchman and take a bite, and then he's he's like. <laughs> like like yeah, like a little like little mm. piece of his tie out or something like that. I mean, if you're gonna go for it, like go for it. It was disgusting, but uh, yeah, I just um, we saw that, and then it's like, okay, cool. So now this guy's our henchman, and then he's killed like the next scene. It's like, well, then why did we even? There's just no. I just felt the whole film felt so frenetic to me, and so we do we do get fortunately we do get um the first Galahad back. We get Colin Firth back. Yeah. I didn't hate the way they brought him back. I was like, all right, that's fine. Like, I like the introduction, and I like it came back. Yes. That basically, after they they cut back essentially to the very first to the first film, and after he gets that headshot by Samuel L. Jackson's character, um, he or is it he that he yep. doesn't like to shoot anybody? Yeah, but he turns. He doesn't his like head. the blood. Okay. Yeah, at the last second. So he gets shot. The statesman. This was confusing to me heard a frequency or something question mark this is another one of those things that could have been solved with one line but they heard some kind of weird frequency or something like that and they show up to and they see him there and they i guess recognize his eyewear maybe and they save him they wrap a thing around his head that's like this packing it's like a strip of like packing 
stuff and it like fills his head wound and saves him. And I like that because they use it later in the film. So I that's I love that. I love it when they establish a piece of technology and then you kind of forget about it and they they and then Eggsy employs that later. Kind of the thing with the with the glass, the whiskey glass. Yeah. That you're like, we never saw him twitch the whiskey glass. Why would we think he'd be good at that in the comic book? I feel like when they show something, it's it's cool. It's cool to see it again later on. Does that make sense? But I also felt like the only thing I felt weird about this whole big, huge universe where now you introduce like the statesmen mm-hmm. have been around, you know, pretty much almost as long as the Kingsmen. Mm-hmm. That everything that happened in the first film, like the statesmen knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. They don't even really know exactly what happened when they went to go get Colin Firth's character. Yeah. They just yeah. know that this guy had been injured and it looks like he has the makings of like some kind of British intelligence, perhaps. Yeah. But we have, you know, no idea who he is. Yeah, my question would be like, why would they save him? Yes. They have no idea who he is, but like they did, so I'm willing to look past that. They bring him, they keep him in a padded room, which at no point did I get, they keep him in a padded observation cell, which at no point I got the impression that he, he'd reverted to a younger self, mm-hmm. right? To his own younger self, basically. They keep him in like a, in a padded silver room and I'm like, why would they do that? They, he, he's no, he's not demonstrated anything in the time I've seen him that, it, that he's dangerous to himself. Why wouldn't they just put him in an apartment? That's true. It seems so inhumane to me. In like a really weird way. And they just kind of watch him whenever they want. Yeah. In and a little one, one-way one mirror. Yeah, this whole thing. So they, they keep him there. And this whole thing about like butterflies, it's felt so random. Lepidopterist. Lepidopterist. Shoot. Are you having a stroke? Lepidopterist. Butterfly specialist. Yes, butterfly specialist. He was going to be a butterfly specialist when he was younger, apparently. And it was like, either that or... Or join the army. So he joined the <laughs> army. Like, it was just, it just felt like kind of a weird stretch, but, you know, fine. Yeah, but I so, felt like, I felt like this film lacked a lot of the humanity that the first film all did. All of it. All of it. That's why I didn't give a shit about any of the characters, is that they weren't, they didn't feel humanized at all to me. And even when it gets back with, you know, Galahad and, and Eggsy, mm-hmm. I'm still not like, I still didn't feel that same connection that I did mm-hmm. in the first film. It felt like... Eggsy was just pissed at him the whole time. He was just like rolling his eyes at at Galahad the the whole film. He's just like, "Oh, you're not better yet." It's like, right? Yeah. Why Why would you think that he would be like you, you silly boy? Like I don't understand. I yeah, I just I, I didn't get it. So I was so glad to have Colin Firth back. But these are all for me examples of of this these beautiful resources that they had that they didn't make use of. Who did they have? They had Colin Firth, who took forever to get back into the game because of this like brain damage. Oof, I know. It took it's... so long to get him back in. And then, but it, and understandably so, because you're, you're, you're suffering a traumatic head wound. Right. So I can understand when they're saying, because they try to do like a, a, a another takeoff of the same famous bar, bar fight scene mm-hmm. from the first one. So yep. he goes up and he locks the doors, manners make it the man. Right. But instead of when he goes to flip back the uh, the beer glass with his umbrella. He misses. Completely. And you right. realize like he's still his not 100%. His coordination is off. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he's seeing butterflies still, and he's kind of his mind is still trying to reassimilate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that never, that he never has a moment where he's like, "Yep, I've clicked in, and I'm fully, I fully grasp my my abilities yeah. and my past." It never happens. It never happens to him. All of a sudden, at the end, he's just doing all this stuff, and you're like, "I never saw like an epiphany moment for him." Yeah, I I didn't see it either, and. It was just so convoluted by all of these people that I didn't care about and all and all of these. I just, um, this is really disappointing. I don't know. Because you also have Mark Strong's character, Merlin, mm-hmm. who 
Another high point. Another somebody high point? I did care about. Yeah. And he gets killed off in this film. And it seems so weird to me because the big thing between him and Halle Berry mm-hmm. is as they're kind of working side by side, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're the tech people, the tech specialists for mm-hmm. the statesman and Kingsman. Right. And they have a conversation and Halle Berry's itching to get into the field, but she's always been uh, denied because of Agent Whiskey. So we don't been, know why. Yeah. We don't know if she'd be good in the field. She just basically out of nowhere is like, what if there's more than this? And he's like, what? And she's like, haven't you ever wanted to be in the field? And he's like, not really. No, it's like what we do here matters. Yeah. Cut to him in the field. Yes. In why? a Kingsman suit. Why is why. he there? Yes. <laughs> why is he in the field? Why is he navigating there? Like they know well enough to know like he, this guy, this guy is at his most powerful behind a, com- a computer screen navigating. Yeah. Exactly. That's what he's so great in the first film. He sat there in the plane while Eggsy was going around that base taking care of business. Mm. And so like this, now he goes into the jungle with them and he ends up, Eggsy steps on a landmine because they have landmines surrounding Julianne Moore's big compound. Sure. He steps on one. It's a pressure switch on there. So they, uh, Merlin uses a little doohickey to kind of freeze it, pushes Eggsy off and takes its place. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why they needed to feel like why 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 we needed to kill off Armstrong's character. I don't know. Maybe he read the script and saw that he was going to be in the third one. And after he read the second one, he's like, "Just kill me in the second one." If I've already signed on for the second, but if this is how we're growing, I can't be in the third film. I thought the death was meaningless. Know. It was. It didn't. It 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 was meaningless. It, his sacrifice wasn't. It should have been this huge sacrifice. And it's like for what? Could you guys, me- the the three of you armed couldn't take out like four guards yeah there were four maybe seriously five guards. Like, like in addition to everybody they took out after the fact yeah they couldn't take out four more guards yeah you're right that's ridiculous mm-hmm. and i just feel like there was just there, there was just i don't know i feel like they wanted to give that there had to be stakes in the film and what mm-hmm. better way to do that than we got to kill off somebody we've already killed off colin firth we're bringing him back we can't do that again yeah who's somebody else that you know would give an emotional impact to the audience. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, for me, I was like, why? Yeah, I didn't, I don't understand it. Because at the end of the film, Halle Berry gets her wish. She has now become an agent in the field. She's mm-hmm. now the new agent whiskey. Mm-hmm. That's great. So now she's no longer the tech person. Kingsman and, Sta- Kingsman and Statement are kind of united now. Mm-hmm. They're they're working hand in hand. Right. But there's no tech person. Right. right. At, at either place. At either place. <laughs> Mark, Mark Strong, Merlin, should be the tech person. So yeah. why... What was the point of killing him off? I don't know. I, you I, were so upset about that. It just made no sense because yeah. they didn't really like Colin's death. Colin Firth's death in the first film that was huge. It was huge. It made sense, and it made you go, "Oh no!" Yeah. Like I had a reaction to that. Yes. When I saw it, and I was like, "Oh man, that sucks!" Like, but then I really was. I was at that point rooting for Exy. Because he saw it and they'd grown so close. Yeah. You know, they had that relationship and they had that bond. And like, Eggsy's no, Eggsy's no Colin Firth. But I was rooting for him. And he had Merlin still to like help him out and step in. And they were both so hurt by this mm-hmm. loss. And I felt that. In this one, I was like, Merlin, why? Why did you guys do that? I was so mad at the movie. Yes. I wasn't even mad. I wasn't mad at Julianne Moore's character. I was mad at the filmmakers. Like, I, I was just like, I don't see what's the payoff here. Was, and we the one other thing we haven't even talked about too is that this one has got a nice cameo by Elton John. Yes. Which at just really kind of frustrated me that it's like why <laughs> why is Elton John in this film? I I actually thought I didn't mind it as much as Frank did because I I just I guess I just love Elton. But 
I thought that it was going to happen. So basically, Julianne Moore kidnaps Elton John because I guess she wants entertainment. So she kidnaps him. So she's doing a private, he's doing a private show for her and he's playing and he's, you know, in a ridiculous costume and he's just like, he does not want to be there. And she basically warns him, you better behave yourself or I'm going to destroy you. And he's kind of mouthy with her. And what I really wanted was for her to be like, okay, and then to blow him up. Because then I would have been like, all right, Elton John cameo, he got lippy, and then he was willing to be like blown up in this film and go, go, Elton John, be awesome. Instead, they made him an actual like accessory in the film. Like he, they, he brought him in and he did a weird, you know, like, um, crouching tiger, hidden dragon air kick where he like froze and then turned and winked at the camera. Uh. I feel like. I don't know. Thinking about this more and more, for me, it was almost like it was like watching. It was more like watching Austin Powers than it was watching James Bond. Yeah. And I needed it to be slightly on the James Bond spectrum of things because I feel like the first one was leaning James Bond. The action was amazing. The relationships, like they, you know, there were you, you, there were stakes there, and then there was the humor. Mm-hmm. this one I felt like it was just all over the place and like cameos and like look who I know here's my buddy Channing look it's Halle Berry everybody and I was like but right but what's anybody even doing yeah who cares <laughs> you know I if Elton John because at the end when Colin Firth kind of rescues him mm-hmm. uh, he says oh yeah you know Colin Firth says hey you know could I get tickets to your next show He's like, oh, you saved the day and you can get backstage passes. Yeah. Like, okay. I, personally, me, I was like, just riff riff off the first one. Yeah. You've already said it. So it's like, you saved the world. Uh, you can do me in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, you may right. as well just call back just, to that. Just go for it. Yeah. yeah. I Well, and then they didn't even use it. Like, I thought that for sure this they were going to have some stupid, I'm like, you've gone this far with Elton John. Like make your what's it called? Like you know how you got you got a cold open. What's the opposite of that? Where they do at the very end of the film, they've got like a little. Oh yeah, like an epilogue. Or, yeah, yeah, like yeah, something like that's become very very popular with yeah, all like, the yeah, superhero like movies, credits, right? Like a credits, post credits. Yeah, while the credits are rolling, big credits. Can we not just see them? Like, can we not see the eggs? Like all the people from the cast just like having a fucking great time in an Elton John concert? Yeah. Can we not just see that? Like, we've already gone off the map with this. It's crazy and stupid. <laughs> Can we not just see them like, sad, day, sad, day, sad, like all just screaming together at the Elton John concert? I think that would have been really fun. Well, or like you're, you're saying Wednesday. That's not the words. What yeah. day is it? It's Wednesday. Yeah, shut up. Like, oh, well, that was strange. I also felt like, because Julianne Moore's got two robotic dog henchmen. Yes. And we don't know who designed them. Don't know who designed them, but they can tear apart a man, which uh-huh. we see they do with Angel. Mm-hmm. Angel, uh, one of the the new henchmen that gets brought in, and as Amanda mentioned, gets really quickly taken out of the film. But uh, basically, when Eggsy and and Colin Firth storm that compound, he Colin Firth ends up being the one that fights pretty much both those robotic dogs. Yeah. And I thought, I was like, really? That was kind of lame. That was really lame because it was basically him just like running a lot. Yeah. And getting knocked down and then getting back up and then running some more and getting knocked down. I'm like, this is not. It's like, you don't have like a cool mine or something? I know. Where's all your spy shit? (laughs) Yes. That's for a lot of this movie. I was like, where is all of your spy shit? That was just, you know, and I I guess this is maybe a, I feel like this is contradictory of me to say this because I love the hand-to-hand combat scenes. 
when they're done really well. Like I think that's what's so cool about that first bar bar scene, right? Mm-hmm. Is that he's using essentially an umbrella, and it's a cool umbrella in the first film. Let me specify. Yeah. But you know, like he's like throws a mug, hits him with a mug. He's using the things that are in the environment, plus his spy stuff, and he's just an amazing fighter. I feel like in this film, you you got one or the other. You got good like hand-to-hand combat but no gadgets or just gadgets yeah just a dog like a robotic dog like cool okay how the hell am i supposed to be the stupid ro- like pull out a mine or something toothpaste do you have something in your pocket that's like also a <laughs> yeah. magnet or something like you're a spy you're the world's best spies and now you're backed by the statesmen we've established are wealthier than god yes you know like i don't understand they felt so poorly prepared i for feel me. Like the only fight scene that i really well there's two fight scenes i really enjoyed one was agent whiskey fighting uh, a bunch of the henchmen in the in the snowy west of uh uh-huh. italy that was cool but pretty quick yeah quick but cool yeah i thought using his his lasso he could electrify it that was cool the lasso the, the lasso stuff was very cool yeah uh and then the uh the, the the other thing that I thought was cool was uh oh, no, I, it was so cool that I ended up forgetting it. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, the big final fight scene between Whiskey and yeah. Eggsy and Colin Firth. Sure, that was cool. It, it gives that kind of very almost like one seamless take, yeah, almost kind of effect. But even the very first fight sequence, I was like, oh, this is. I feel like in the very first fight sequence we saw was somebody who used to be a, a Kingsman student. Yes. Who. Was in the first film. Yep. And Eggsy actually kind of by matter of happenstance saved his life. But for whatever reason, this guy wanted Eggsy dead. And that's his motivation. And I don't really understand it. And he has like a really cool mechanical arm. Right? So that came into play later. And I thought the mechanical arm stuff was was cool. The fight mm-hmm. sequences there were really neat. That first fight sequence in the car, I was so annoyed and motion sick. I was just like, <laughs> be still. And I don't... It didn't look real to me. It looked completely CGI. Yeah, but there was one part where they pull out where the car is like kind of just uh, drifting uh-huh. through one of the big uh, roundabouts there yes. in London, and it's just kind of like drifting through it. I was like, oh, that was it was a cool. That shot. looked cool. That looked but, cool. But I mean, the fighting itself. Yes. Like, um, yeah, it was kind of just a bummer. It just, man, I felt like everything that you liked about the first movie, they tried to emulate, but they did it worse mm-hmm. and this one and i was very surprised so afterwards we discussed I, I one of the first things i asked frank was did this movie have the same writer director because i was like surely the writers were different and he said no it's the same yeah so my the reason that after we saw this we decided that i i really wanted to go back and read the comic books because I, what i told frank is i think that i'll be very interested to see if the very if the first uh series of Kingsman um if it is a, a really strong roadmap for the first film because if the first film was really good and the comic book is more or less the same then we know maybe where things went off the rail with the second one you know because if the second one isn't rooted in anything if it's just the screenwriter's original ideas they're not basing it with a roadmap then that's on them Mm-hmm. whereas the first one I can attribute like some beautiful dialogue amazing fight choreography like I want to give credit where credit is due and I think the first screenplay is very good but 
they had a solid roadmap. They had this the the concept of what the Kingsmen were, the some of the gadgets, not really most of them, but like the, the general concept. Um, you got the father figure. All the stuff that we said at the beginning was the same between the book and the films. You had that already in place. So I think they followed. They took what worked, which was a lot, even though the the comic book wasn't our favorite. There were a lot of things there that worked. It translated very well for film. Very true. And we're able to kind of flesh that out. And those were the bones. And then they were able to give it the muscle and the skin and the tendons and all those beautiful things. This one, it felt like there was no nothing. Like there was just a pile of body parts and nothing was put together. Yeah. and But I feel that way too. And then I also feel like the Red Diamond, also not that exciting not good. either mm-hmm. too. So it's like, but it's also not the original writer either. It's not, not, it's not Mike Miller, Mark Miller doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, even though... I was in love with his original take on the Kingsman. At least it was better than what this is. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like now this time we both got a movie that's not that exciting and a miniseries that is not that exciting. Yeah. And it's so, it's frustrating. It's so much easier for me personally to point to, that was just a bad movie. Everything was terrible. Than it is for something like this, which is so immensely frustrating because there was so much there. It could have been Mm -hmm. so great. It was just all over the place. The editing was bonkers like I don't know but I don't know what they had to work with like I don't know how else they would have done it they had so much stuff like 18 stories going on at the same time and I didn't care about one of them would you have liked this movie more or less or just the same if they hadn't brought back Colin Firth less so you felt like he was a key component for you to enjoy this film I did I feel and like they, I, and I won't disagree I, with you. I feel like they brought him in too late. Like they spent too much. Time. They, they introduced him. A lot had already happened in the film before they even introduced the fact that he was still alive. And then you had to wait like another forty minutes, forty forty five minutes for them to like get him out of there. Yeah. And like have him kind of realize he's himself again. And then he's still not in full his full self. And he didn't really click in until in until his last fight. Yeah, and so like even like when he again another spoiler alert, folks. He, <laughs> the whole thing is while they're in Italy, yeah, they're fighting. They try to go get a vial, which that was whole dumb that they get oh, one vial, God. and they and they and they pull out of its protective sheath and just kind of hold it up very easily to get destroyed, which it does. But then Colin Firth ends up shooting Agent Whiskey in the head because he thinks that he's working against him. He's you know what Agent Whiskey's not going to let us get out here alive. He's going to destroy the antidote and he's not going to let us live. We got to kill him first. And we never really get to see a justification for why Colin Firth had that feeling. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, yeah. but it never really, and I'm okay, you don't need to tell me in that moment. Right. Because it kind of creates He says, like, he's like, oh, he made it to, he he was going to do it. And that's all he says. He doesn't yes. elaborate anymore, you know? Yeah. And I just like, I'm cool with there being some kind of friction where Eggsy's even wondering like, holy cow, what have we done? Yeah. Is this, is he off his rock or not? Yeah. Did we do the right thing? And have that be kind of a little something that you could play with for a little longer. Mm-hmm. And maybe if they would have just brought him back into the action sooner, you would have had more time through the course of the film to really kind of like, wait, is Colin Firth right? Or is he yeah. still messed up? Because I feel like we as the audience, uh, there's no question Colin Firth is right. You're like, yeah, that was so easy to, the way it was shot, it was like clear that he was just going to drop it on the floor and break it. So when Colin Firth shoots him, you're like, good. There's no argument. You're not like, well, maybe he's kind of crazy. Maybe he's, you don't feel like he, you're like, Eggsy, why are you an idiot? Like why, and Eggsy spends the rest of the film being pissed at Colin Firth. He's like, ah, you're like a child. It's like, (laughs) no, dude. Like he never, 
you know, I, I just we've established he's not crazy. He's just he's just reverted back to who he used to be. It's not like he's gone mad. Would you have held that vial like that? No, I would never even take it. First of all, this is uh, one of my my biggest problems with the whole film is that these guys are supposed to be the best. Yes, they're the best spies on both sides, both sides of the pond. They're the best spies. And they were not good at being spies in this movie. And more than anything else, I find that the most offensive. I find that more offensive than what I feel was kind of a sexual assault in the film. So trigger warning for anybody that's going to go see it. There's a moment that could be termed, for me, a very, very uncomfortable moment of potential assault. I won't get into that here, but I want to give that warning because they don't do it in the movie. So um, I, I found it's so... It bothers me so much because it's not, I don't even think it's a matter of opinion that they're bad, they're bad at it here. Yeah. It's like what, you go into the, you like wander into this layer, you got literally crates and crates of this, uh, of this antidote. You grab one and then go <laughs> tap somebody and be like, hey, I'm taking this, essentially. You could have grabbed it, ran away, they wouldn't have known. Or you could have grabbed six and shot someone and ran away. But instead... You walk in, you grab one, you tap a guy, you're being like, I'm going to take this, bye. <laughs> you go out, you get it safely back to your cabin, and then you take it, the glass vial out of its protective casing to hold it over a fire. <sighs> That's what you're doing. It doesn't make any sense. No. It's just so, fr- it's the whole thing, it just makes me so mad because you've got these characters that you've invested in, that it's like the rules no longer apply to them. You know, the reality that, the, that they took such time creating in the first film they've just pissed away in the second and it's like it doesn't even matter anymore it's because it, it is such a shame because there's so many cool concepts at play mm-hmm. that like I, I imagine like this I feel like this is how I would feel if this second movie is like the first graphic novel mm-hmm. or the first miniseries collected together where I'm just seeing like all these things and like oh, these weren't the best choices to make yeah. I can't wait for them to adapt it into a film and make all these choices better. Mm-hmm. And now we don't have that. They've made yeah. a film of these worser choices and you're like, well, there's no way to really improve on this. So yeah. this is what we're stuck with. Yeah, I'm sad. As am I. I'm I was sad. so jazzed about this so film. If you want to go, if you want to go see the movie and you just, you want to see, you just want some more of these characters and you, and you want to see like a couple of fight sequences, like go see it, I guess. But, what I afterwards I looked at Frank and said I kind of wish I just watched the first one again instead of yeah. seeing it like I I would have been more satisfied rewatching the first one again than I would have seeing this movie which is such a bummer yeah no that's very that's true. harsh but it is how I feel you know I'm also just like to jump back to the beginnings it's just like the Kingsman gentlemen uh mm-hmm. we're here to protect you know serve queen and country protect mm-hmm. everything interesting that the statesman are cowboys yeah. and certainly i mean i guess if it's originated in the late 1800s around that time i guess cowboys were much more prevalent mm-hmm. so that was just basically that pine but also i'm trying to i would love to have had a rationale of like why cowboys why was it yeah. cowboys why wasn't it you know more well-dressed put together men as well yeah. in the states yeah, interesting choice it would just be i don't mind a cowboys i think that's a really cool spin on the idea mm-hmm. but just to have an idea of it's like why the why the cowboy yeah because you learn about like Colin Firth tells you in the first film, like, you know, being a, 
a gentleman is important because mm-hmm. of blank, 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 and blank. And we're tailors and we're yeah. this. And Being a cowboy, why is it important to be a cowboy? Well, and they're not even, I mean, they're, they're, they're whiskey distillers, you know? Yeah. Like, not all whiskey distillers are cowboys. Nope. You know? It's not... <laughs> It's not, a, it's not the same. Ugh. It's like being like, oh, you know, we're tea manufacturers, but we also run this suit shop yeah. because Britain. It's like, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. This is just like rub your finger under your nose. So weird and uncomfortable. Like, oh, I don't know Jeff what Bridges. That was. Come on, I... Jeff Bridges. Why are they directing you that way? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to choose to believe that you... those were directing no, decisions. No, you his. know that was Jeff Bridges like making some big character choices on this. I don't know. Yeah, there, it had to be. I know. If, Jeff, if that's the case, they had to have more of him doing that that was cut because it was such a bizarre, like a reason that he was always rubbing shit under his nose. <laughs> I don't understand it. Well, I guess there is an interview on Collider. Uh-huh. I think where Matthew Vaughn said like the original cut for this was like three hours or so. Uh, for this film that I believe and so like by by cutting it down and whittling it you lost a lot of the connective tissue that really kind of would have fleshed out a lot more I I believe it but I feel like that is a problem that should have been dealt with in pre-production like this was an issue that this is it was so all over the place that like you you know you can look at there's I wanted more fighting first of all Um, but I don't feel like there was enough fighting in it no for sure the sequences were really short um, and not as impressive but I feel as though by the time the script got to the point where it was that long, there was so much going on and so many new characters that they should have recognized that earlier on and been like, we're going to have to cut. Something's got to give, you know, like something's got to give. Well, Fox offered like, hey, should we split this up into two films Mm. and do Golden Circle 1, Golden Circle 2? And Matthew Vaughn was like, no, 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 no. We're just going to give you... We're going to give you one film and do it that way. That might have saved it. It could have. It could have made it into two decent films. I think that there's there are so many possibilities there, that, but it's just like nothing had the chance to breathe. Yeah. And because it's the same thing that it's it's now the same thing that I've said about, you know, Suicide Squad, which is if you don't let these scenes breathe, you don't get to know the characters. You don't know who they are or what they want. You do not care. You don't care. And that was how I felt. And it's like, oh, I just wanted to care about it so much. I was so excited for it. I was more excited to see this movie than almost any of the other, like any of the other movies we've talked about. The exception of Wonder Woman. I was real jazzed about Wonder Woman. But I was more excited for this film than like any of the other ones. And it broke my, just like broke my my sad little novice heart. Ugh. Guys, what a what a downer note to end. This I know. Episode, I'm huh? sorry. No, and we can't even do a. You need to go because you got a show to host. But yeah. uh, we can't even do a, a what's in the box because we talked, we ranted so long about yeah. all of these things. But we covered a lot of ground. Look at that. Yes, we 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 achieved all our objectives. We did. We achieved. Unlike the Kingsman. Yes. <laughs> we successfully achieved all of our objectives, and none of us died in a stupid way. But but you know, and you know what. We're gonna be back. It's not like it'd be like the Kingsman. No, like we're it could be years and years and years before you see another sequel. Mm-hmm. We'll be back here next week. We will. CM. We will be back here next week. Look at that. And I think we'll finally be discussing uh, Letter Forty Four. Letter Forty Four, which what? we teased a million years yes, ago. I'm not gonna have to go through and do some editing and just like edit in my own voice talking over <laughs> us to be like, oh, by the way, guys, this is not what we're talking about next week. Please don't don't read this yet. <laughs> We'll have to get creative, but uh, but I think we're finally gonna be discussing letter forty four. Thank you guys so much. And this was a king size edition. We're kind of a long one here. 
A Kingsman size Kingsman edition. Kingsman size edition. Love it. Um, let us know what you think. I know that uh, everybody's going to be seeing it this weekend. Um, if you disagree, that's totally fine. There were some guys in the theater behind us that probably would vehemently disagree because they were screaming at everything. Mm. I hate you shitty theater goers. Yes, they were rough. They're the worst. But uh, if you disagree, if you agree, please let us know. If you have any recommendations, as always, you can email us at uh, thenoviceandfrank at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet directly to one or one of us if you'd like. You can find Frank. At Happy Go Jackie on, on Twitters and Instagrams. That's right. You can watch him uh, eat food and meet horses and and uh, interview hero dogs. It's amazing. He's doing a lot of great stuff. <laughs> yeah, great. Great stuff. Uh, you can find me at Comic Book Novice on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Where she's also having many, many adventures and also planning a wedding. I'm planning a wedding, guys. It's insane. Thank you for bearing with me in this crazy time in my life. Um, we're actually going to be, in, you know, we're actually be podcasting from the wedding. Yeah, it's, my wedding's just going to turn into a live podcast <laughs> event, so you can you can all be there. Um, it's going to be wonderful. Here's hoping. Um, as long as we both show up, it's great. That's right. right. As long yep. as we both show up, it's good. Well, you know, put out uh, to the guests in advance. You know, just something to read. Yes, yeah. you read this so you understand what we're talking about. Uh-huh. That's right. Come in with your questions, <laughs> comments, or concerns. Um, what a great like, reception that would be. It's like uh, you, everybody reads Sex Criminals, and then my family comes in. They're like, "No, <laughs> I, I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't do it." All right. Never? Well, I guess the, we're gonna the barn side of this is gonna be very quiet yeah, this episode. That's right. I guess so. Yeah, not gonna happen. <laughs> Uh, you want to sing ourselves out? Let's do it. Right. I've got a finger condom. And it was used in a really inappropriate way. It was shot so weird it made me feel real creepy. Super uncomfortable. The reason we're friends is that that disturbed you. <laughs> we talked about it afterwards at Chick Chack. I'm letting the listeners make their own call, but it really affected me in a visceral way. She was so concerned that she couldn't eat a burger without a bun, so she wrapped it in lettuce. It was disappointing. I have celiac disease. Way to end this on a downer, Frank. We'll be back next week reading letter 44. (laughs) I'm the the novice and Frank. Holy cow. Oh, 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 oh. I think that was by far the worst song we've ever done. That was just bad. That's all right. <laughs> right. But mistake. Finger condom never leads anywhere good. It doesn't. Nope. Never. Nope. That was a terrible. That <laughs> Have was... a good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>